0: good to be living in the united states of america when you think of some of those things that you just saw on that video faith justice when you think of the fact i wrote some of these things down family bravery sacrifice unity these are the things that this country was founded upon these are the things that the spirit of the antichrist is trying to take away from us Uh, as believers and as Christians in the world that we live today but he can't do it come on he can't come on tell somebody not going to take it from me come on tell somebody not going to take it from me no 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 there's a lot of people that went before us not just of course in our five branches of military we go Coast Guard Army Air Force Navy Marines and many of us in here have family members that paid that high price But you go beyond them, you go to our founding fathers, you can back on up from our founding fathers and you go to Jesus. You can back up from Jesus and go to our father Abraham and all of these people paid a high price for freedom that we're walking in right now. Well, guess what? We still got to pay the price for freedom. We still got to be willing to fight for freedom. And we still are those people that are convinced, knowing that we serve a God, that, yeah, I tell you what, it's good to know that we are living in the generation that's going to see the return of Christ. I don't know if you agree with me on that or not, but just hang on with me. If he doesn't, at least we'll go out out believing together. Amen? Uh, Come on. Uh, Either you're the one before that's coming up, the group below us, or you're mine right now in my 50s, or you're the one that's already out there in front of us a little bit. But I know he's coming back really soon. Well, that means that freedom is going to be challenged and the people that, that uh, there's something that we have that wants to be taken away from us. And I just want to take it real quick. If there's somebody here, in men and women, that you uh, maybe you honored our country in service of any one of those five military branches, would you raise your hand with me this morning? If anybody in here might be, come on, give it up for those people this morning. No, seriously, seriously, come on, give it up for them. Come on, give it up for them. Come on, we're not doing a passive clap, we're doing a real clap. Come on, come on, give it up for them. Come on, come on, give me a shout, give me a yell. Come on, come on, it's because of, come on, come on. They gave up their life, they gave up their family, they gave up their friends, and thank God they lived through it. They're here with us, but there are those that didn't. There are those that passed on from this life during that sacrifice. And let's go all the way back to a number one, uno number one, Jesus. He didn't live through maybe 24 hours, but he rose after 24 hours and lives forever so that you and I can walk in the freedom in Christ and who we are as the kingdom of God. And, and I know it's Independence Day. I know it's July 4th, and I know that's what tomorrow's going to be for many of us. And uh, I just want to take us into a little bit of history today. And uh, can we learn some things from our founding fathers, those that wrote the Declaration of Independence? Those that uh, were part of the Constitution and writing our Constitution. Come on, we got a big couple victories in the past few weeks with our Constitution. Am I right? I understand. Even if you're out there online, thank you for being with us. Grateful to have you. Maybe it's your first time here at Coastal. Give all those people a warm welcome. And, and while I got those people attention, let me just share a couple of things with you. Stay standing with me if you don't mind. Uh, if you're at home, you can keep sitting. We can't see what you're doing anyway. Uh, but uh, listen, if it is your first time and you're in-house with us and online, you can do this online as well. Uh, there's a card there in front of you. And uh, if it's not, the guest services will get one of these to you. But it's important to us that you're here. It means the world to us that you are. And right here at the bottom, you fill out these uh, few lines here, just a little bit of information about who you are that gives us a chance to maybe send a letter to you in the mail to just uh, get you, introduce you to who we are as a church. But more importantly, on the way out, there'll be some great people uh, at our, what we call our next steps table. And uh, they've got a gift for you, and they can answer any questions that you have. But I want to go back to this thought when I think of the fact that, that there was a price that was our founding fathers paid for you and I. Do you think we could learn something about that experience and through that moment? Uh, you know, there's a couple victories that we just celebrated about. We got Roe versus Wade turned over. That's something to celebrate about. Now, hold on with me. We all, most of us in here, I would assume, know what that means. If you don't, go Google it. You need to find out. You need to know what that means. But I venture to say, in a crowd this size, there's those that have uh, in their past. I got a strong ring back here, guys that are those that maybe made that decision in your younger years to maybe go down the road of what your life was calling for at that moment God doesn't hold that against you he's not beating you up because of that he's reminding you that he still loves you and you can come on and understand he's still got a purpose for you in your life but it doesn't change the fact we still believe in pro-life as the children of God and believers in Christ we believe in pro-life we believe in pro-life. We believe in pro-life. It's hard to get a whole lot of amens in that because society is pushing to question that in our lives. And you need to know where you stand, and I guarantee you society is going to put you in a position where you'll, they're very convincing in the reasons of why not to believe that. And some of those reasons seem like they can be justified. And I'm not going here to argue any of that with you. But I will say this. There's also, that's a a target uh, in the world that we live in, is marriage between a man and a woman. These are decisions that you have to know about, decisions that you need to be decided on. And the reason I said all of that is because are we really understanding the times as the men on the Declaration of Independence? in the time that they were in where they chose to help us become a United States of America and what did it cost them and what was can we learn from that moment how many how many in this house would actually know when the Declaration of Independence was actually signed don't answer but let me just see your show, show of hands how many think you know when it was signed let me see a show of your hand. well after today I'll, I'll help you understand when it was really signed because there was a moment right now on the third they had an opportunity to walk away from what they had committed to and were going to commit to. And Can you just imagine what may have been going on in their minds during that moment? It's the same middle ground that we get faced with anytime we make a challenging decision or society pushes up a, us up against a, a belief decision. There's always that opportunity to question and waver. Let me just tell you our founding fathers didn't waver, Jesus didn't waver. Nor did our founding father of faith, Abraham, he did not waver. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful to be here in the house and worshiping you today. So honored to be serving you today. So honored for uh, just the truth that sets us free. We can trust it. We can believe in it. Even when there's challenges up against it, it still will be the thing that keeps us free, keeps us bold, keeps us walking in faith, and keeps us protected. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. If you came to worship the Lord with your giving this morning, before you, uh, we jump into the Word, let me just remind you, here's a few ways you can do that at Coastal. You can go online to our website, go onto our app, you can do that. If you're doing it by check or paid that, you can do that through an envelope that's there in front of you. And um, just fill out check or uh, check and or however you want to do it, cash. There's some giving stations on the way out, and I think you can text to give too. A lot of opportunities to worship God. But let's revisit this thought. Are we aware of the moment that these men, these 56 men? Uh, hey, Miss Robin. Yeah, awesome. She just got back from Europe, right? You've been gone a long time now, two months almost, just three months. Wow, come on, give, welcome her in the home. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. Can't wait to hear some stories from you. And, and you helped her get out there. Uh, we paid for some plane tickets. Uh, uh, we, we even fixed her washer while she was gone. So, a lot of just glad to have her back in the house. But faith, family, freedom, bravery, sacrifice, justice, some of the original values that our, con- our country's been built upon. And I think I said something to this effect. Even though culture and society and people and people groups is pushing us up against that and pushing us up against some of those things that we believe, uh, I think all of us in here would agree that we still live in a great country. Uh, We really do. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people that would like to live where you live. And it looks, as much as it looks like our country is falling in some areas, there's still some things that aren't going to fall. And that's, that's the spirit of value that we have as, uh, in this thing called freedom. But it didn't come without a price. And, and uh, I believe this with everything within me, that freedom, freedom is something that you're going to continue have to fight for. It's something that um, each generation will need to carry it to the next generation. Uh, I thank God for some of the older generation that I grew up with. I thank God for the Brookies. Many of you don't know who Brookie is. If you, it, Brookie was, she's one of them old-style Pentecostals. If you understand anything about old Pentecostalism, the bun, the no-shave legs, all that goes with that, but they were a praying bunch of people, and I believe I'm here because of people like that. I can remember coming up to Brookie and... and uh, she couldn't talk to me in English because she prayed in tongues every time. I don't, even, I don't even know if she talked English. But every time I'd come up to her, she'd, she knew my name because I'd hear that Stevie. She'd come up just like, oh, Stevie. And start praying for me in the spirit. Every time. Every time I saw her. And I, I, I'm grateful for that. I thank for people like the founding father, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, uh, founding father of mine spiritually. That uh, brought me into the word of faith and brought me into understanding of excellence and brought me into understanding of, most importantly, the walk of love. No, no man that I know walked more in more love than he did. I've watched him for years, every broadcast, been in services with him, and never heard him once from any pulpit setting because we all make mistakes. Never heard him once put down any other pulpit or put down people. He had a love walk. I thank God for my pastor, Pastor Michael Caminetti, in Canton, Ohio. He and his wife for 14 years put into us, found some foundations that that we are walking out today. I thank God for my mother and father-in-law and my mother. You can go on and on, and I think we all will have people like that that really imparted into our lives and understand the importance of taking something from one generation to the next generation. Eleanor Roosevelt made this statement. He said, with freedom comes responsibility. And Hillary Clinton, whether you... I don't want to... Don't go in there with me on political things with Hillary Clinton... But she made this statement, I thought it was a good statement. I want to interpret it a little bit for you. She said, freedom never is granted. It's earned by each generation. And I believe that. that uh, now, as much as our freedom in God is given to us freely, you still have to believe it and accept it and then walk in it. And I believe the same thing when it comes to our values and standards as, a ch- as a, not just a church but as a nation. You, still, you have the same freedom offered to you that men and women fought for, but you still have to be willing to grab that and carry it to the next generation. I wrote this out just from my own self yesterday. We all have access to freedom in this country, but it's up to each generation to live by and stand upon at all costs the foundational values and principles established by our founding fathers. Let me take you into a little bit of history. <clears throat> Two hundred and... Do my number... 246 years ago, you can, 1776, 2022, you can figure it out. If I'm wrong, let me know. But about 246, 45 years ago, there were 56 men that were getting ready to make a commitment that was going to change their life forever. They were going to separate from Great Britain as controlled by that government, controlled by that country that helped them get here, but then they were going to separate from that because of the values that they felt that they had in God was the founding of that, that they felt like they needed to be separated from that, and so they made a resolve and a commitment. If you've never read the Declaration of Independence, I challenge you to go read it. If if you didn't get a chance to read it in school over the years, go read it. Look what that commitment meant. But these men, and uh, when you look at the history of the pathway of the Declaration of Independence, it was actually on July the 2nd where they really began to make the commitment of, this is, we're going to go after this. We're going to go all in with this. And then there was this moment today, July 3rd, they're in the middle. Time to get out, time to walk out. You can walk away at this moment if you want to. And then on July 4th, the Declaration of Independence was actually not signed on the July 4th. It actually, at that point, they accept the final penned address. They say, okay, this is the one we're going to go with, okay? And then you fast forward about a month. August the 2nd, I think, is when they started to really do the signatures on that. And few men didn't do it that day. They went further. But they had time to back out of this thing that turned us into what we know now, the United States of America. 56 men, they did not back out. And I believe it's because they had a resolve of something. I want to take you today into a portion of that declaration in case you haven't read, read it. I'm just going to go down to, to the last statements, the last few sentences of it. Can we learn something on this Independence Weekend, July 4th weekend? Can we learn something from our founding fathers? Can we learn maybe a couple priorities, a couple things that will help us understand maybe the importance of the historical moment? But can we connect it to our biblical historical moment, Jesus? And can we connect it even further to at the very beginning of Genesis where we see Abraham? I believe we can because they had two things that were in common. Here it is. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Say sacred honor. We're going to talk about sacred honor today a little bit. But I want to read this to you again. I'm going to put about three words into this, not taking it out of context, just for definition purposes, so that you can understand what's being said. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, God, we mutually pledge, commit to each other, unity, our lives for the fortunes and our sacred honor. There's no doubt, listen to me, guys, culture is going to push us up against an opportunity to choose honor. It will force you to come to a place where you're going to choose where do you stand. And we just saw that in this whole past past couple months. Really, where do we stand? And I believe, of course, as our song we just sung together, we're going to fight on our knees. I believe that because of a fight on our knees and people that weren't just, they're just not willing to give up that why we saw some of those things turn around. Now, listen to me. In regards to Roe versus Wade, as huge as a, a, um, I'm not here to get political with you. But as huge as a victory as that is, the fight's really just begun within your state and where you stand, where you're going to fight, because now it's up to us. You can't, we can't blame the government anymore in a sense of the federal of, a, of the nation. You can't blame. We're going to have to blame our state, and we're going to have to fight for our state. What do we stand and what we believe? But let me take you into the life of these individuals, these 56 men who <clears throat> 200 and some years ago when they made this decision, what did it cost them? And I'm not saying we'll have to give up and get into this kind of cause, but what did it cost them? Think about it, they're gonna be thinking about this cost possibly in this moment on July 3rd. Nine signers died of wounds or hardships during the Revolutionary War. Five were captured or imprisoned in some, in some cases with brutal treatment. The wives, sons, and daughters of others were killed Jailed, mistreated, persecuted, or left penniless. One was driven from his wife's deathbed and lost all his children. The houses of 12 signers were burned to the ground. 17 lost everything they owned. Every signer, every signer, say every signer, was proscribed as a traitor. Everyone was hunted. Most were driven into flight. Most were at one time or another barred from their families or their homes. Most were offered immunity, freedom, and rewards, their property or their lives, and even the release of their loved ones to break their pledge word or to take the king's protection. Sounds like the Antichrist to me. Their fortunes were forfeit, but their honor, everybody say honor, their honor was not. No signer defected or changed his stand throughout those darkest hours. Today, I'm just going to share with you the power of sacred honor. Sacred means holy. Sacred means I'm all in. Sacred means this is who I'm going to be. This is sacred to me. Don't push me on this. You might not like what you get out of me if you push me on this. Sacred honor. Two priority, two areas. Can we look into this uh, Declaration of Independence? Can we look into this and see, is there something that I can value from my founding father in that moment, can I value from sacred honor number one, honoring divine providence, honoring God? Go with me to First Samuel chapter two, verse thirty. <clears throat> honoring God, what does it mean? What does it look like? The Lord says, "Now, when I share with this with you today, I'm not sharing with you to teach you something different. I'm actually just coming up underneath of what you are and who you believe and how you believe." If anything, I just want to support you. And I'm not sitting here to tell you you're, you're lesser or your thinking is lower. I'm here to tell you this is how I know you think. And I, if I can challenge you with anything, maybe when we go out, we'll have a righteous indignation. Not a fight that divides people, but a, a, a fight that unites people into, hey, we serve a God that's got some plans for us here in the near future. And we're getting ready to be a part of something pretty cool. Uh, do, man, Do you know how cool it's going to be? I don't know if we'll be able to see it, but when he returns on the rapture, and we're going up, looking down, and, and, you're, and you're looking to the right or to the left of you, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's Perry. You made it? <laughs> Perry Creep, my friend here. It's going to be a cool moment. I don't think we're going to have our eyes closed. I like to dream beyond where I am sometimes. You might get weird with me, but, but uh, I like to think a little bit bigger because sometimes I think we've got God in such a small box, we ignore and forget how impossible, he, how he loves to do the impossible. That's a pretty impossible thing to take a few million people up into the air and, and because of they love him. Amen? Here we go. <clears throat> First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. The Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. No-brainer. If you honor him, you'll be blessed. If you dishonor me, you won't be blessed, okay? But let's interpret it a little bit just to get a better understanding of what's being said. Go back with me to the phrase, those who decide, despise me. I think we understand what it means to honor, okay? I'll define it in a little bit more later. But I think we know. But What does it mean to dishonor? What does it look like? In the phrase, those who despise me, the word despise means those who treat common or ordinary. Let me tell you something. We don't serve a common or ordinary God. I know some of your stories, and I know how big of a victory and how of a great victory your story is. That's not an ordinary person that just changed your life. I know how there's a God that loves to do the impossible, that loves. This is the guy that created all the heavens and all the earth. Have you done that? no it's facetious for maybe us even to think that way but this god that we serve is not common or ordinary in any way in any shape or any form but those that treat him as common once a week maybe or maybe christmas maybe easter maybe that's the only time i really bring him into my life we can meddle a little bit meddle a whole lot however you want to go with it but those that treat him common or ordinary and you see a culture beginning to do that they're passively accepting god into life and and just kind of being listen i get what it means to be all inclusive i get that i understand that everybody needs to be all included in the name of jesus and accepting christ for their savior but there are some things that disclude you from the service or or Into the kingdom of God. There's some things that just walk away from that. How do I know that? Look at the next statement. Shall be lightly esteemed. I'm not necessarily talking about salvation as much as I am the blessings of God. Lightly esteemed means they are placing a wedge between them and God. And I don't know about you, but it's not that God's putting that wedge there, but sometimes people put a wedge in there in so much in, in front of him that he's trying to get there all along, all along, all along. And we see society beginning to do, to do that in our schools, in our government, in places. They're putting wedges out there that they're just, they're just edging God out. Ego, they've got so much ego, they're edging God out of things that are important. We can't let that happen on our watch. We've got to get a little bit political in our belief and a little bit political. I'm not talking about fighting to where we're dividing. I'm talking about fighting for something that we stand for and something that we believe in because this is life and death for some people. Are we honoring? Did these 56 men honor what they were doing? Honor means to highly esteem. Honor means to take something to a place of deep respect. Honor means to give something more weight and more value. The more value you put on something, the more weight it has in your life. And so when you think about God saying, look, those that honor me and those that dishonor me, how much weight are we putting in divine providence in our life? Hey, this is God. Don't talk about my God like that. Don't, don't talk about what, look, look, I, look, let me just tell you a story about what this God you're talking about did for me. Let me, let me tell you how he put my marriage back together when everything else was, and I was telling him I didn't want this marriage. And now, look, I got the best marriage. I probably got one better than you. How much are we willing to fight? When you hear this, when you think about this, the fight that these men have, what was, what was, what was it about them that gave them such resolve about divine providence? Priority number one is having divine providence. Priority, priority number one when it comes to honoring is divine providence in our life. I want you to hear this. Shelby Cullum Davis, he was once a, a, an ambassador for, for the United States in Switzerland. Now he's, not, he's not known just for that. He's known for his his wealth, and he's known for his philanthropies, and he's known for how he's invested. He's known for his effect on the Republican Party. Um, you know, again, this is not about party as much as it is. Listen to what he said. He, he I found this address. It's pretty exciting. The term "sacred honor" refers to a concept of virtue, conformity to a standard of right, and the sincere effort to live and act according to that concept. Although the leaders of the American Revolution came from vastly differing backgrounds, they had a remarkable commonality in what they regarded as the components of virtue. They were aristocrats and commoners, plantation owners, city dwellers, members of diverse churches, imagine that, and the varying professions. They held similar views about the code of conduct which should guide one's life. Religion, trusting and honoring God, played a dominant part in their personal as well as their political philosophy. You see, because when it comes to honoring divine providence, it's more than just a state of mind, it's a state of being. Look at somebody and say, who are you? Are we asking the question, do we know who we are? Can we see these, these 56 men step back maybe a few hundred years or a thousand years from them to 2,000 years to Jesus? Did he know who he was? Was he sure of who he was the three years that we read about? I think so. Was he willing to go all the way to the cross at whatever the price was to fulfill his God-given purpose? I think he was. Why do you think he did that? Because he had something out in front of him that was more value and gave more weight to even his personal comfort and care. These 56 men, they saw the United States of America, something more personal, more worth their comfort and their wealth. Let's step back a lot of thousands of years later. Let's step back to Abraham. Do we think that he had something out in front of him that helped him look farther than the moment that he was in? Go with me to Romans chapter 4 and look at verses 20 through 22. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Tell somebody, you're strong in faith. He was strong in faith, but how was he strong in faith? Giving glory, Greek word doxa, doxia, some Some Greek words bring the translation to it. Giving glory to God. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Tell somebody, this is your God. This is the God that you serve, that he's also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed unto him as righteousness, as right standing. What? That he gave more weight, gave more glory. The word glory means gave more weight to the things of God. What does that mean? Well, you think the reason this term is used, it comes from a term where they would, this is how uh, money or value to money was given during this time period. They would weigh coins. And the more weight that that coin had, the more value that coin had. The more value or weight that you give to uh, divine providence in your life, the more value and weight that it has in your life, the more pertinent maybe some of the spiritual disciplines become more important to us. The spiritual disciplines of, of our relationship and building and strengthening that relationship. The more important our love walk becomes to us. Because we're giving precedence to divine providence in our life. That's what made the difference in the life of even Abraham. Proverbs chapter 3, look at verse 9, the message translation. <clears throat> Read this whole chapter It'll bless your socks off. But I just want to pull this one statement out of it. A good part of this chapter is really talking about financial uh, commitment level that you have. But look at this one statement in context of what we're talking today. Honor God with everything you own. Look at your wife. Tell her, I honor God more than I do you. That's a tough statement because I honor her. I love her more than anything in this world. She's a, uno, number one, oh, happy wife, happy life. you got all that, you know, in the house. All of that's true. But when it comes down to the rubber meets the road, without God, a, no, divine providence, I'm nothing for her. She's nothing for me. And he says, honor God with everything you own. The Bible says that she belongs to me and I belong to her. But first, we belong to God. And so honor thing with everything else. Give him the first and the best. I don't know about you, but that's just an attitude that I'm pretty convinced that when you look at all three of these men, uh, these groups of men, and and you go to I just think that they just saw something greater than than the moment that they were living in at all costs. Look at somebody and say, I'm going all in. I want to take us now to... Uh, sacred honor number two i don't want to keep you long because i know we want to get out and and just have our time together on the fourth and, and just our weekend together but sacred honor number two is there something that we can see through these 56 men that will help me in the generation that i'm in i believe there is let's go back into what they said at the end of the declaration of independence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and their sacred honor. Number two, honoring each other. In the world and the generation that we live in right now, it is more pertinent to God how we're treating each other than ever, I don't want to say ever was before, I don't think it's ever changed in the heart of God, but maybe it's changed in our heart. How we treat each other and our love walk towards each other is pertinent for the generation that we're living in. When you look at what's supposed to happen in the world today, the, the rebelling and all those things that are going on, we've taught about it here over the past six months. And when you think about that, the subject of the, the we need each other more now than ever in our nation as Christians. We need each other more now in our states and in our communities, our counties, and neighborhoods, more than ever. Anybody ever heard this statement? There's power in, there's freedom or power in we? You get that? Sometimes it's taken out of context, I get it. But we've said it over and over here that we are absolutely better together than having division in our life. When I think about that, go with me to Galatians chapter 5. How do we make the power of we become so powerful? How do we keep it strong? How do we keep it working in our lives? I think it can be summed up in the one thought of love walk. But before I read Galatians 5, 13 through 14, I want to read one scripture that's not in your app, and they don't have it back there, but I want you to, Paul came to this church at Corinth, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 with verse 10, he approached a, a, a culture of people that would really look a lot like of what we see today, very first chapter, very first, very, very first book, he wrote two of them, but it, they, were, they had so much going on, he had to write two books for these people. There was, there was flesh going on. There was abuse of religion. There was abuse of pr- Christian practices. There was abuse in relationships. There was abuse in, in who they were and people. And Paul before he even writes the rest of this letter, 14 chapters, I think 14, 15 chapters, before he even writes the rest of this letter, you can see the heart and the power of what he's trying to say in this letter. He wants them to grab at the front side. The power of our unity in the world we live today is going to be far supersede anything that we can ever imagine honoring each other listen to what he says now i plead with you plead i beg you brethren by the name of our lord jesus christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you perfectly join together in the same mind and the same judgment and then he begins to slap them in the face He begins to really hit them, hey, this is what's not happening. This is what is best for you, but this is not what's happening. I'm not here to tell you this is not happening at Coastal. This is not happening. But I do believe as a Christian body, maybe nationwide, a lot of this is happening to where there's division amongst us, even in our beliefs, because we have some separate and different beliefs. Just know the big dogs, okay? Start with the Ten Commandments. Know what they say. Okay. Start with some of the big dogs of beliefs, but some of the things that we're arguing over—we uh, just had some victories of some of the big dogs—but some of the things that we're arguing over is is really means nothing to God. Houses are divided over color. People are divided over what seat they're sitting in in the church. People are divided over where you're living in the community. People are divided over the craziest things. And social media, I'm all for social media. I think it's one of the greatest tools out there for the Christian to have today if it's utilized right. But how many have read on social media someone that you know, someone that you know very well... And they just flat out had a tongue bashing on somebody on social media. Come on, let's see your hands. Hmm? If you hadn't, come to me after church and I'll show you a couple. How many? Why? Because we feel safe behind social media. Because you can't see my face. And, and, and it's, you know, it's just, this is where I can just put anything I think out there, anything I want. No, you can't put anything out there that you want. No. The Bible says uh, that your tongue is like a fire. And if it's allowed to be loosed in the wrong place, it'll hurt. It'll kill people. You ever heard this phrase? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. A lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> how many have ever had? How many have ever? How many husbands and wives have ever had a couple things said towards you that hurt? I'm not going to reveal a couple of hours, but Pastor Tiffany has been known to cuss every now and then. <laughs> and I've been known to yell above a tone that's unhealthy, unwise, as not should not be allowed in any home. In the world we live, our unity, honoring each other with this thing right here is where it has to start. But it, listen, it cannot start here until it starts in here. If you honor divine providence, you'll be a lot less yielding to here. Something that's going to hurt somebody out here. Let's get some scripture on it. Galatians chapter 5, all from the Declaration of Independence. Isn't this exciting? Galatians chapter 5, 13 through 14. For you, my brothers and sisters, we're called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, wordless and selfishness. But through love, everybody say love. Seek Excuse me, <clears throat> through love, serve and seek the best for one another, for the whole law concerning human relationships is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. that is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others, and do the things to their benefit. Psalm 133 verse 1. Anybody ever read this one before? How wonderful the message translation. I just like this one. It just sounds cool to me. How wonderful, how beautiful, when brothers and sisters get along. Look at somebody and say, it's time to get along. Some of us are allowing things in our house that should never be allowed in our house. With our verbiage, with our treatage, how we're treating each other. Don't forget, God sees all of that. God's not up there with a ball peen hammer to beat you over the head because you're treating each other right. No, but you will place a wedge between him and hearing his voice because you're hurting someone. In other words, you actually give an open door to the enemy to bring in maybe some of the things you're seeing in your household. We want to shut that door. We want to remove that wedge so that almighty divine providence can work what he's supposed to work in my life if I allow him to do it. Amen. Here's the last thing, last scripture for today. Two thoughts, honoring divine providence and honoring each other. Hebrews 10, verse 24 through 25. Let us be concerned, the good news translation, let us be concerned for one another, to help one another to show love and to do good. Let's not give up the habit of meeting together because we need each other. Tell somebody, I need you. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together, online or in-house, as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see the day of the Lord coming nearer. Stand up with me. And let's read the last words of the Declaration of Independence together. And I'll let you go today. More than ever, understand what it means as our founding fathers did. Fifty-six men on June the, July the 2nd, they made a commitment to go all in. And on July the 3rd, they had an opportunity to walk away. And on July the 4th, they still had an opportunity to walk away. They had to read it again. And they accepted it. This is who we are going to be. This is who we're going to be. We've accepted it in writing. 2,000 years ago, Jesus sealed this for you to be in Christ and gave you access to all the benefits and the blessings of that. These men on August the 2nd, and then a few days after, maybe a month after, all 56 had signed that document, knowing what they were doing, knowing that they were going to cost. It was going to cost a lot. And you heard me tell you what it cost him. Jesus on the cross knew signing the document with his heart, with his blood, with his body, what that was going to do for you and I. He knew that he would have to go through every bit of that. He knew he had to go through his father turning his back on him. Remember the words, my God, my God, why did you forsake me? Why are you leaving me? Daddy, why are you giving up on me? Daddy, why are you quitting on me? Daddy, you love me. I know you love me. Why? But he was resolved enough because he saw you and made a way for you now in a signed document called Scripture. There's a lot in here, guys. A lot in here for us to know for the time we're living in. This is the greatest, <laughs> this is the greatest time ever to be alive. And we're getting ready to see something the most exciting no one's ever seen before the return of Christ. And so I just encourage you. Maybe make this resolve as we get ready to read this together. But read it differently. Read it with an open resolve. Divine providence means I'm going all in with God. (laughs) And I tell you what, COVID's over. Grab hands with the person next to you. We need honoring unity, honoring each other more than we ever have. I don't know about you, but I've been going through some things in the past 6 months. Anybody else? You can't raise your hand, you're holding hands. <laughs> Online they did, I guess. Give me a nod, anybody been going through some things in the past 6 months that caught you off guard? Absolutely. We need each other more than ever. I need the Joe's in my life. I I, I need these people in my life. I need you in my life that when I'm ready to throw in the towel, I see your face and I say, No, I'm all in. I'm committed. Because I'm committed to you. You need that brother or sister there to your right or to your left, that husband or that wife. That Joe, when you're out there on that boat and it's just you and two other guys. And you ain't caught a fish in five days. And you come in and didn't catch a fish. You need that brother that you can call up and that brother looks at you and he says, hey man, that doesn't mean nothing. He got your back. The year ain't over yet, right? And the next week you go out and you had the biggest catch you ever had in your whole life. Hmm? You need that brother or sister next to you that when you're at home alone and wife's going on home to be with the Lord, you need that brother or that sister that will look at you, that'll give you that call, that church family that'll say, hey look, They're watching us down from the grandstand, cheering us on. I've said this quite a bit here lately. I wish my mother was here. I wish she could tell me how I was as a baby so I could understand my grandchildren a little bit. She's not. But I can look up. And I know I'm better because i got you in my life. You're going to tell me. No, no, no. Look up. You see what I mean, guys? We serve a divine God that's not meant to be treated common or ordinary. That's got your best interests at heart. And we need to be people that know that. And we love each other beyond all this other junk that's going on. Are we willing to do it? Let's read this together. Ready? Read. And for the support of this decoration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, God... We mutually pledge, commit to each other our unity, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The power of sacred honor. Every head bow, every eye closed. Father, we honor you in this house. And we just say that if there's any opportunity for anyone in here this morning, they've never made Jesus the Lord of their life. Most important decision anyone's ever making. It's their eternity that's determined. If there's someone here this morning, you've never brought Jesus into your life, made him believe and come. he loves you, he loves you beyond where you are. And there's a group of people that love you as well, but not as much as he does. And he wants to come into relationship with you. And you want to make him your Lord, I just ask you to pray right now with us. Everybody's kind of holding hands still, so let's just pray together. Say, God, I believe you're real, but I want to know more of you. I ask you to reveal yourself to my heart through Jesus. So I confess Jesus as my Lord today. And I thank you that I am born again. And everybody said, Amen. Father, I pray for every individual in this house. I release them and let them go into this world, into this day of independence of July 4th. And just pray that they're protected, they're kept safe. We've chosen to honor you, we've chosen to honor each other, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. It's just been okay today? Get out there, have fun with your family, we'll see you next week. We're going to be starting our new series called Joy. Hello everyone, hey, I'm Pastor Stephen, this is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And, uh, grateful to have you we got some information that we want to pass on to you maybe you can connect up with us here real soon uh, back on another online worship experience we'd love to connect with you And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app you're gonna find a gray card on that section just take a moment and submit that and fill that out we'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have Maybe this is your first time with us, and again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's several ways that you can give, also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Steven? Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.